0: So let me pose this question. How much time do you think the Western world has left before everything collapses? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. So over the weekend, my wife and I had the opportunity to preview a, a documentary that hopefully will be released soon. Now, as part of viewing this documentary, I'm not allowed to give its title or who produced it, not yet, in time I can. Uh, There's some legal matters that are being discussed and I'll just leave it at that. It is one of the best produced videos, call it a film if you'd like, that I've seen. It lasts over an hour and a half and it was incredible. It, It had very well-known people, some that you've heard on this program from all over the world, talking about the simple agenda of the of the pandemic and the tentacles that it has reaching out into so many aspects of our lives. When you look at this particular documentary, it tied together so much of what we've been saying since the very beginning of this radio program that something about the numbers and the narrative were not true and too many people were running around doing things they never would have done before with the motivation of fear. Those of you that listen to this program on a regular basis know that has been one of our reoccurring themes. What I found amazing was how it could be laid out in a timeline of how we went from one thing to another to another, this ever-changing narrative, and how many people just responded out of fear and because they believed authority figures said, you must do this, so it must be true. Now, personally, once again, if you're new to the program, this may be new to you. This program, the reason I do it every day is because of something that happened about two years ago, about this time of the year, I might add. It was April, and and I started really questioning what was going on. Now, I was working in emergency management at that time for a large county in another state, not one that I'd worked at prior, to help them in their pandemic response. Remember... How many of us really knew much about this pandemic when the words about this strange virus appearing in China started trickling into the news? Most of us knew very little. We heard about it in January, then it ramped up in February, and before you know it, we had two weeks to flatten the curve come the middle of March. But in my work I'm doing a tremendous amount of research and I'm finding things that go back 5, 10, 20 years earlier talking about coronaviruses and in particular when you go back to 2003 and 2004 a SARS, you know SARS-CoV, COV type virus that came out of China and and what the protocol was supposed to be for those that would come down with this, with this virus to treat them so they wouldn't die in a hospital. That was the beginning of a flood of knowledge and a pursuit on my part to get to the bottom of some of the narrative. See, this virus that I'm reading about at the CDC website. Let me remind you where I found this. In the archives of the CDC website and other medical institutions. You know, kind of buried. It's old news. It's it's way deep in the archive. And I stumbled across it, and you better believe that I that I saved it and downloaded a PDF copy just in case it ever got scrubbed. And what it was saying about this particular virus that infected a number of Americans and they died because of it. Very contagious. And if left untreated in certain people can go into a very severe pneumonia and bring on ultimate death. In other words, it needed to be treated early. So I'm reading on, you know, so what are the treatment protocols? And they're going over a whole list of things, and and one thing stood out that had been briefly mentioned in April, and that was hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine and zinc, these were the recommendations... Of a team of specialists and doctors that had treated these patients, and this had been the successful protocol. Other things that I read a little later, some that got scrubbed from the internet, were talking about the amazing similarities between the SARS-CoV epidemic, should we say, small pandemic. Of 2003, 2004, you never heard about that one, did you? But it occurred. It was out there. Why, why do you think they call this SARS-CoV-2? This wasn't our first rodeo, as they would say. We'd, we'd seen this before. This If this was so novel, it would just be SARS-CoV, not SARS-CoV-2. There was a SARS-CoV-1 and these like i say these these two virus strains had amazing similarities and amazing symptom you know symptom similarities in people makes you wonder doesn't it only big difference on this new strain according to many things that i've read from reliable sources while it was amazingly similar it also contains spike proteins, making it vastly more transmissible human to human. This is where the concept of of gain-of-function or gain-of-threat is the actual term. Gain-of-function is a term that was kind of invented to sound a lot more, you know, nice. We're doing gain-of-function research. Someone said gain-of-threat research. A lot of people may have taken notice. And then you see all the players and the names and the people that have been tied together for for not just months, not just a year or two, but in some cases, decades. And you see agendas that are out there that go back 20, 30, 40, 50, and even 100 years or more ago. And this particular documentary, as I said, was illuminating. And the reading that I did when I was doing my emergency management work was eye-opening. By the time I let things play out a little bit, because once again, I'm not 100% certain what I'm reading is accurate. On one hand, there's a narrative saying that in my county that I am serving that 3,000 people are going to be dead by the time we get to the middle of the summer of 2020. 3,000. And untold, tens of thousands requiring hospitalization and ventilators and all. You, You remember it? And so on one hand, I'm preparing for this apocalypse of a virus. On the other hand, There's a voice inside that says, do not be deceived. Open your eyes, open your heart, open your mind, and open up the scriptures. And by the time a few more weeks had rolled around and all these catastrophic numbers are not even beginning to take off, we, we had a hospital, a huge, multi-story, monstrous hospital campus, virtually empty. Nobody being treated for anything. Those elective surgeries, well, they're, they're put off for now, so you'll have to suffer with your bad knee, your bad whatever. A lot of cancer screenings just didn't happen. People were afraid to go out because they might die of this virus. Grocery stores, suddenly limiting the number of people. They had people outside wearing face shields and gloves. And they had these little counters in their hand. And they would keep track of numbers. One guy would say how many people he has let in. Another guy would say how many people they have let out. And then they would reset the numbers of how many more people could come in until how many more people came out, and and this way they, they kept the social distancing thing going. Only so many people per so many hundreds of square feet saw that happen at Walmarts, saw that happen at, like I say, large grocery stores, big box stores. And then came the face diapering. And I call it that because that's what it is. Or call it the shaming mask. Take your choice. Call it, call it the obedience symbol. That's what I call it. As much as people are living in fear, thinking they have to wear this stupid thing on their face like it's going to make them corona proof, they've been double and triple vaccinated. And they're wearing a face mask. They believe they have to do all of this and keep taking endless boosters to avoid ever coming down with the virus. And all of it's a lie. Every bit of it is a lie. The numbers that have come out from all over the world are unanimous. The vaccines in terms of the virus are an absolute dismal failure. Was that by design? We'll talk about that a little later. The various strains that have allegedly mutated or have been mutated in some cases, I'm not sure which, but I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to be at least comfortable in in being able to share some thoughts in that direction. But we'll just say they're mutated. They have morphed, they have changed as... You know, a virus is going to virus. That's what they do. They adapt. And this one is no different. And so as all this weird technology never before used on human beings is just put out there as experimental use authorization. Stop and think. Experimental use authorization. Somebody pointed out the last time we had anything like a vaccine or a treatment that was experimental use authorization was way back around 2002 or 2003 for anthrax and only to a tiny handful of people. Never before in the history of this nation Or the world, have we embarked on such an ambitious and unproven scientific plan and then mandated that the entire world's population be injected with an experiment? With an experiment. Most of the studies, the initial studies on these vaccines will not be completed until... Sometime in 2024, that's over two years from now, we are the trial or those that took it. We are the experiment. And the numbers are not looking too good. Think of countries that just screamed and hollered and mandated vaccines, and they really meant it in places like Austria, England, Germany australia new zealand lots of places just went totally bananas france they want to cut you off from the world if you didn't take the experiment never knowing what the long-term effects are going to be because we had no way to know people taking these shots to keep their jobs Threats to retirees like myself, there are people out there saying, maybe we should take your, your retirement away unless you get the jab. But the numbers have come out, and the numbers don't lie. Though I think in England now, in the UK, they're going to stop publishing this stuff because it just destroyed their own narrative it appears, and this is based on per hundred thousand. When you look at vaccinated and non-vaccinated people, remember when Joe Biden said back in December, it's going to be a dark winter of death for the unvaccinated turned out to be a lie. See, we're learning that if you are fully vaccinated your odds of coming down with the various variants like Delta, variants like Omicron, Omicron B2 and others, actually go up. And in terms of Omicron and its variants, your chance of getting it is three times higher if you are vaccinated than if you're not. Your chances of being hospitalized are almost doubled, and your chances of dying are also tripled if you are vaccinated. Doesn't make any sense. Yet they still scream and push. We look, go to Facebook. I, I look at this social media stuff so I can report back to you what's going on. I'm more of an observer than a publisher. And for whatever reason, I must be doing something right because I have yet to be, quote, banished from, from Facebook. I don't put up a whole lot of stuff that's controversial. There's no need to. If this radio show was ever played on Facebook, well, then they would probably fact check it and, and dispose of it in a, in a heartbeat. That's why about 80% of the episodes of this program that were automatically at one time loaded to YouTube were deleted by YouTube. Yeah, that, that wonderful computer age has got, has a lot of benefits, but there's also some liability, if you, if you follow what I'm saying. So we see these vaccines being pushed on people and I can give you the upside and the downside, there's far more downsides than an upside. It just, it doesn't, nothing rings true. And this has been my problem from the get-go as this was rolled out experimentally. I've mentioned on this program before, and I'll remind you again, there was a company called Moderna. Dr. Fauci loved that company. He still does. And they had this idea years ago when they came into business around 2010 or so, 2011, they were going to develop this DNA messenger RNA therapy. They called it Software for the Human Body. They could upload this software to re-engineer your immune system. And back, you know, 10 years ago, their CEO and big salesperson is bragging about how they can upload this software to the body. And perhaps with this technology we can eradicate cancer, a whole myriad of of horrible diseases by simply reprogramming the body to properly fight off whatever ails it. And from an investor's point of view, if you... Play the stock market, it sounded like a good idea. Get in on the ground floor. And for years, Stefan Banshal, that's his name, I believe, if I'm pronouncing it right, the head of that company kept promising the shareholders and shareholders meetings that, hey, it's just around the corner. We're almost there. We're in trials on this, that or the other. We're gonna we're gonna change the world. We're going to repair all the terrible things that kill the body. And up until the pandemic, they had nothing that ever made it to market. Nothing. Nothing ever got out of the trials. Nothing ever got past animal trials without catastrophic results. They kept trying to tweak on this, and then came the pandemic. And magically, and I think there's been a lot more work prior to the pandemic. Magically, they and Pfizer and uh, AstraZeneca, J&J and a couple of others, they, they were able to develop these new type therapies that'll make you bulletproof. I mean, we were sold on the idea. You remember, I can remember, I was already doing this radio program. And then the announcement Right after the election in November of 2020. The election is over. Uh, Joe Biden is declared the apparent winner. And magically, everybody had a vaccine ready to go. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're, we're, we're good to go now. Now that Trump's out of office, we're good to go. And by December the 20th, in literally four weeks' time, We are ready to start vaccinating the entire planet. How did they pull that off in just a matter of days? Coming up with a vaccine that allegedly works and then get it to mass production by the millions. Something doesn't smell right to me, just like going back in the earlier parts of 2020, being told 3,000 will die, tens of thousands will be hospitalized, and I'm spending all this federal money in emergency management preparing for this onslaught that never came. As a side note, when the end of July came, maybe it was early August, I can't remember, I still had access to all these various dashboards that you can get in emergency management. So I'm looking... I've already left. I I walked away from it in May, knowing that this was just something. There's something wrong. I don't want to be a part of this. I've got to get out of this. I I just felt that I was in an unclean and very satanic environment that was getting ready to engulf the land. And I had to get out. And so I did. Walked away from it, said, thank you, but no thanks. Thanks. And, and I kept looking to see, did I make the right decision here? Would this county really need me because all these people are going to start dropping dead? Instead of 3,000 people, by the time we got to the end of August, allegedly, and I'll explain why I say that, allegedly 53 people, 5-3, 53 people had supposedly died in that county of the virus now. I get to see data that you couldn't. What was the average age of the individual that died of this virus? 83. 83. How many other conditions like COPD, cancer in some cases? I mean I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, so you got some guy that smokes who's in his 80s and he died of a virus? I'm not saying that there were not people that had a rough ride with whatever this was and is and is yet to be. But there's too much about what's out there that nobody wants to talk about. And I don't care what you say. That is very concerning to me. It's what they don't want you to know. Yet the narrative is get vaccinated, get boosted, get double boosted if you had your booster so many months ago. And let's start injecting this stuff into our kids. What is the real agenda? What does this stuff really do? If it doesn't stop you from getting the virus, doesn't stop you from dying of the virus, doesn't stop you from spreading the virus, then why are we taking this concoction? The the numbers are there for anybody that has the eyes to see, as the Bible says, and the wisdom to discern the evidence, will find out these vaccines are ineffective and they're unsafe. They say, and they being those that came up with this stuff years ago, that in the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System, VIRS, that at best, at best, only 10% of any adverse effects, including death, are ever counted. And some, and some argue, and rightfully so, and they have the evidence to prove their numbers, it could be as bad as only 1% to 2 or 3% ever get counted. Whatever that is, including death. And they point that out, and I've inquired and asked directly to find out if this, what I'm hearing, is correct, and it is. The entire VIRS reporting system is cumbersome, difficult, and trying at best. Doctors trying to enter information need to have all this stuff in front of them. The system times out. It takes forever. To report one adverse reaction can take over 30 minutes online, and it may time out, and you have to start over again because it doesn't save anything. A lot of doctors out there just say, "I, I don't have time to waste on this. I don't have personnel. We have enough trouble with Obamacare here in the United States and all the billing nonsense. Like, I got time for this. Here in Florida, if you want to see your GP just for some routine stuff, you may be waiting months, let alone everything we talked about, by the way, in Obamacare years, you know, rationed health care. I can remember 15 years ago, 20 years ago, for example, 20 years ago, if my late wife needed to see a doctor, we could call and be in there that afternoon or worst case the next morning if it wasn't serious. Today, we're waiting weeks. Yeah, we've come to that ration care that everybody said we were lying about when we said it to begin with. We're we're there. We're there. And we have governments. We have businesses. We have corporations that are demanding that everybody must be vaccinated and reprobate school teachers demanding that little children be injected with this unproven product that may damage permanently their immune system, may give them lifelong health issues, and most likely will probably, in my opinion, shorten their life. I have a lot more to share on this topic and a couple of others. In just a couple of minutes, we need to take a short break, and I'll come back with more. Just want to give you a few updates. We are still in Florida, but the project that I was working on is pretty much behind me. Over the next week or so, my wife and I are getting things ready for us to head north for a while to our place temporarily in Georgia, but God is working on something and opening up some doors, and I'll be getting into that maybe later this week. The transmitter, if you want to hear it, if you happen to live especially on the west coast of the United States and it's 9 p.m. Eastern time, you'll find us on 9455 kilohertz. That's 9455 kilohertz. And at that time of night, 9 p.m. Pacific time, you can hear us all the way out to Hawaii from West Texas all the way up into Idaho, that whole region. Which used to be a, a difficult region for the one station I'm on to cover. Now we can it can be covered. And also our broadcast on 5950 at 10 PM Eastern and the earlier airings on 9395 and 5950. We can be heard those four times a day now on WRMI alone. And my question is, is what what frequencies do you listen? and what would be the most effective use of how you've been supporting this program so let me know and you can send me an email directly Bob at truth the number two ponder com Bob at truth the number two ponder com and, and I'm not going to try to put together some big email list to to bug you about supporting I, I don't I just I don't feel I need to be doing that I just don't I do see some some positive additions coming to this ministry uh, now that we have time to begin to focus again over the next several months. And there's something else God has laid on my heart. I'll kind of talk about it maybe toward the latter part of the next, next segment. I have a few other things that need to be discussed. Can you help us pay for shortwave airtime? You can support us from the website, by the way. Or you can mail your gift to Make it payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, that's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's 3248. The city is Crestview, that's one word, Crestview. In the state of Florida, and The zip code is 32536. That zip code again, 32536. This
1: is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Passover buffet in a moment. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn. your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Communion, the Lord's Supper, was really a Pesach, a Passover Seder. It's the same meal of which the Jewish people partake every year in the springtime. Now, the Passover is not just a supper, it's a service. The one who leads is the one who serves, who passes out the matzah, the unleavened bread, the, the bitter herbs, and all the other required foods. In other words, it's not a buffet. At Passover, you don't get up, go over to a buffet table and help yourself. It's not self-service. You let the leader serve you. And since the Lord's Supper is a Passover, it's the same way. The Lord's Supper is not a buffet. It's not about serving yourself. It's about being served. It's about letting God serve you. See, when you sit at the Lord's table, he's the one who serves you. He serves the wine and the bread. The Lord is the one who serves you the bread of life. There's a reason for that. Because he's love. He's love. And he wants you to learn of love as well. You see, we're too often so busy seeking to fill our own needs. Too often we live serving ourselves, going through life, desiring and wanting and lusting and taking and grabbing and holding and not letting go. Too often, even as believers, we live to serve ourselves. But in the Lord's Supper, God is saying, in effect, you don't have to live like that. I will serve you. I'll take care of your needs. I'll give you the bread of life and the new wine of joy. Sit at my table. Let me minister to you. Learn how to receive. And then you can live your life serving. Not yourself, but others. So take time today, my friend, to sit at the Lord's table in his presence. Let him minister to you. And then in his love, serve another. Because this life is not a buffet. It's the Lord's Supper. Want more, ask for the Lord's Supper. Now, what if I offered you a million dollars? Well, I want to offer you something better than a million dollars, something that will help give you a strong, victorious life, a free subscription to Sapphires, vitamins for your spirit, and the incredible Mystery of the Temple doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get all this free? Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's it. Call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, the harvest is great. The labors are few. I invite you to join with me in the harvest. You don't need a plow, just an open heart and a pen. You can reach the unreached peoples of the world. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, The Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of God.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you back to part two of our Monday edition. Here it is, the 18th day. We're, We're in the middle of April and it's the 18th day. This almost a third of the year is behind us come the end of this month. Where did this year go so far? For those holding out hope that here in the United States, when we have the election, in November we're going to fix everything, Bob. You don't worry about nothing. We're we're going to fix the world. Come, you know, come November, we got a plan, man. We're going to take back the house and the Senate, and that'll that'll keep Biden from getting anything done and and you know, then we can investigate the Hunter laptop and it's all going to be it's all going to be good again, Bob. You just you just trust us. Yeah. 50 years this year I've been voting with promises we're going to fix it. It's not fixed. It keeps getting worse and will continue to get worse. We've said on this program, and I want you to understand this and really take this to heart. As far as the United States is concerned, and it's not a whole lot different in, in most of Europe, uh, Canada, Australia, those places are just a little farther down the path than we are in the United States. We've been a little slow on the uptick of going super weird. I guess because there's been a little bit of salt and light, even though we're in the minority here in the United States, to kind of slow the process. But the process will continue. So understand when I don't get overly excited about fixing everything in an election. Number one, elections can be fixed. You've seen that all over the world and don't think it hasn't happened in the United States, including 2020. We spent a lot of time in Georgia. I spent a huge chunk of my life, more than half of my life in the state of Georgia. And I know it's politics, I know it's people. I've been all over the state from the Northeast Georgia mountains, Atlanta, Savannah, uh, South Georgia, Macon, Warner Robins, even in Southwest Georgia. I know the state quite well. And to tell me that that Biden won that state is a stretch. I can understand winning DeKalb County. I can even kind of understand Cobb County and definitely Fulton County, but the, by the numbers not exactly. They just don't they don't resonate. They simply don't resonate with me. And as a result, that's why I don't put a whole lot of stock in elections. 50 years of promises. We've said in this program before that if you go back to oh, let's say the beginning of the 20th century, those that have that have tried to to take over this world, have tried to push God out of the marketplace of ideas, that have wanted a one-world government, one-world religion, they have, over time, they take a step, step and a half forward, but there's enough pushback where there's a step back. They've made a small, tiny amount of progress. But as we got to pass Woodrow Wilson it became a two-step forward, one step back for those trying to to do Satan's work on this planet. They win a couple of victories, but they have to, they have to hand one back. And, and all the Christians and all the conservatives just clap their hands and rejoice. Guess what? We won, we won. Never realizing how much they've lost. By the time we got to to World War II and after. Face it, there was a major realignment of the world powers after the Second World War. The United States stood alone as the wealthiest and most powerful nation on Earth. Or so we were told. Funny, the United States has not legitimately won any war since the Second World War. It's like almost 80 years ago. But we talk a really good game. There was no decisive win in Korea. That was a stalemate. Vietnam, we abandoned it, walked out. Middle East, <laughs> you saw what happened in Afghanistan. We don't win wars anymore. We make we, we, we bluster and blow a lot of noise and spend mega billions of dollars, trillions really, over time of printed money, I might add, meaning that's why inflation is so bad. So it's like Eisenhower said, beware the military-industrial complex. They, I mean, they, they will create tension and anger, and they'll go in and cause instability in order to keep the profits rolling to their particular industry. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Name me the the decisive war we've won since World War II. Nope, not even Iraq. Not Afghanistan. And now we're playing war games with our adversary or adversary of the week, Russia, through Ukraine. And I have no idea of how this is all going to turn out. I just don't. The narrative that comes off the TV set is too simplified. Putin bad. Zelensky good. That's about it. And and we don't recognize the horrors on both sides. God does and those that are doing what they've done, including Putin, will will be held accountable before an almighty God. Period. And I keep getting stories sent to me from legitimate sources that make me question a lot of the narrative that is out there. It has been said a thousand times, the the first casualty of war is the truth. And both sides of any war, I don't care who it is, this goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War in the United States. It goes back to any war in Bible times. You tell the people what you want them to know about how your side is doing. Even in the Second World War, as the Russians are coming from, from the East heading to Berlin with their tanks and their, and their rockets and, and their soldiers... And the Allied forces are coming in from the west and, and surrounding Berlin, the last place to fall. They're still on the radio and Germany saying, we have a special weapon. All is not lost. Just hang in there another couple of days. We will prevail. And that's how our world has always been. That's just the nature of our world. And so we live in a time where information has been destroyed. Elections have been reduced often, as the saying goes, to selecting the lesser of two evils instead of statesmen and people of character. Joe Biden is a character, but not a person of character. That's coming out from the Hunter Biden laptop. And I I can understand now why there was such a concerted effort at the Democrat-owned and operated FBI and intelligence agencies to suppress that thing, and they were so glad to get their hot little hands on it to bury it, forgetting that the guy that had it legally, by the way, just in case you're wondering, it had been abandoned for way longer. It becomes the property of the store where he had performed the work And discovered its contents, and thankfully, he kept uh, good copies. And now we know what's on it. And no, it wasn't Russian disinformation like they told us back in 2020. They tell us a lot of things on the media. And when I say the media, I'm talking in particular the mainstream media the talking heads at CNN, the talking heads at CBS, the talking heads at any NBC-owned product, including MSNBC. They have sold their souls, and I'm saying this not to be funny, I'm not saying this offhandedly, but I believe they have literally sold their souls to an ideology that is Antichrist. And they've done it for a price called money, fame, and and power. They've sold out. What was, let's go back to the 40 days before Jesus really kicked into his earthly ministry. 40 days he spent in the wilderness, fasting and praying. At the end of the 40 days, the tempter, Satan himself, promises Jesus the world. Just, you know, command these stones to become bread. Call down your angels. See this world here? I'll give out. I own the world now. I'll just give it all to you. You can be their ruler. Appealing to the human side of Jesus Christ. The devil tried to give him what the world and the devil are giving to those that run our media outlets today. I'll give you this power. I'll give you this glory. I'll give you this recognition Just do it my way. And Satan, the author of confusion, well, let's let little five and six-year-olds decide their gender. And then we can reaffirm their thinking. And then we can give them puberty blockers. And then we can just alter them surgically, destroy them. I read a statistic, and I'm pretty certain it's accurate. Even if it is 50% off, it's still shocking. When you talk about people that are suffering gender dysphoria as a mental illness, there was a tiny number of people over the years, before we got into all this trans stuff, that may commit suicide, sadly. But those that claim to be transgender that have gone through all the medication and now the life altering surgeries the statistics say you're 40 times 40 times more likely to commit suicide than if you had not gone through all that. And so this is healthcare today. Healthcare is injecting you with a with an unknown substance that can cause unknown damage and permanently ruin you. Because you're afraid. And and look at, by the way, I got to remind you of this. I'm sure that most of you remember this. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, the, the truth that has been disappearing. That's why we call this program Truth to Ponder. Let's go back to shortly after the inauguration of Joe Biden as the president of the United States. Or the puppet president of the United States and he's talking about getting everybody vaccinated cuz we're going to we're going to put a stop to the to the virus. We're going to eradicate it. I'm going to and he promised I'm going to eradicate this virus. So here's what I want you to do for the next 100 days. This is this is 2021 now. Let's just call it around the beginning of February. For the next 100 days, so we're talking February, March, April and into May. Everybody wear their face diaper and everybody get vaccinated. and Then we can whip this thing. And then we can have our life back to the way it was before the virus hit. Because we're all going to be virus-proof. We're all going to be inoculated, indoctrinated. <laughs> yeah. And, and made to be subservient to fear. And so everybody's running around putting on their paper face mask, their little cloth, you know, uh, Hello Kitty mask. What, I mean, this, the insanity of this, people were believing unscientific nonsense that if you had made these statements 10 years ago in the medical profession, I'm going to wear a Hello Kitty fabric uh, face diaper to keep from getting a virus, you would have been laughed at of any any medical school in the United States. They would have called you a quack. Yes, instead of having people do this, I want them to just wear a a cloth mask to avoid getting the flu or the common cold or strep throat, whatever. It doesn't work. We've known that. We, We know why they wear a face mask in a hospital to stop spreading bacteria, not viruses, bacteria. And we also know that in an operating room where surgeons are wearing these face coverings, they increase the level of oxygen in that room to offset the lowered oxygen to the surgeon's brain so he doesn't make a mistake as he's cutting you open and fixing something. Same is true for all in that OR. They wear their mask. My wife has worked in an OR. And she mentioned one time they were getting a surgery started and the doctor said, man, something's wrong in here. Did you turn the oxygen up yet? Oh, we forgot. So they had to turn it up and then they could continue on with the surgery. But we expect people to be wearing these face diapers, driving your children in a school bus or driving by yourself in a car. I see that all the time. It makes no sense. But we have been fed this fear. We have been fed fear. People have abandoned their faith and given in to fear. These churches, we can't gather because we're going to kill each other if we gather in Christ's name. Because the virus, you know. There was a Presbyterian church, not to pick on them in particular, out in California about a year ago. The vaccinated are welcome to worship here. If you're unvaxxed, you're unclean. I guess you're a leper. (laughs) Jesus touched lepers. We have given up our faith. We've traded it in for some wokeism nonsense or this what I call new apostolic reformation stuff I'll get into later this week. Think Hillsong and their scandals and others or Elevation Church. These new so-called prophets of God that are just selling their music like the money changers in the temple and selling a Bad and false theology. We'll talk about that some other day. Truth has been the greatest casualty of the last two years. And during the Trump years, like him or hate him, that's whatever you're, I'm not going to tell you. I know he's not the most moral guy in the world. A lot of the rulers that ruled over Israel that God put there were not the greatest people. You know, King David comes to mind. He had more sinful moral issues than Donald Trump than we see it in the Bible, yet he was a man after God's own heart. So be really careful. What I'm saying is that we have watched the truth become the casualty. The mainstream media, they walk in absolute lockstep with each other on every little stinking thing. And they push these false, phony, and from the pits of hell narratives and they they spread fear like fertilizer over the land and people fall for it they run around in fear looking for their government to take care of them and those that seek to control the destiny of this planet and put it in their hands are thrilled to death that you're willing to surrender Surrender your freedom because of fear. One of the most terrifying things that I've seen is how the new tech giants. By the way, as somebody pointed out to me a while back, and the more I've looked at this, I'm leaning in this direction, that Facebook was not some creation of the free enterprise. Allow allow me to say that again. Facebook, I'm now convinced, was not the product of free enterprise. and its rise to such prominence in a short amount of time. Apparently, there had been a similar effort before done by, shall we say, the intelligence services of the United States that didn't work that well. And the day that one of the, they, they finally shut down what they were doing, Facebook magically appeared. And it grew leaps and bounds. And I tried to figure out to this day, how is it worth as much money as they say it is worth? How much real revenue comes through there in advertising? And I just can't see its value. I mean, I, I'm sorry but I can't. I've worked in media, so I'm just, I'm just maybe I'm missing something. Well they got somebody got a billion people or 900 million, whatever it is, users, fine. Some don't use it that much. and So I'm trying to understand what is the value of Facebook besides harvesting your data and selling it to third parties, including government. Let's be honest. I think there's some government handlers involved with the success of Facebook to make these people in Silicon Valley, like Twitter and others and Google, so incredibly wealthy because, see, the government, by choosing the winners, Facebook, Twitter, Google, to a lesser extent, Yahoo, and a few others, by making them the preferred preferred distribution point and access point for information and news that controls your life, They seem to be doing the bidding of just one side of the government, the leftist side. See, I can say a lot of bad things. I could get on tomorrow and say horrible things about any conservative on Facebook. I'll never get stopped. Say something about somebody on the left, and I could be banished or restricted. See it all the time. Not for me, because I just don't do a whole lot of that. But I know others that do, and they've been through many a 30-day suspension where they can't post or do anything for 30 days. And so this is the world in which we live in, where, where information is now controlled. This is Orwellian. This is George Orwell's 1984, finally coming. You know, it's it's been about, eh, what, 40 years late, but it's here. Big Brother is watching. And there's a lot of information out there that needs to get out. And then it gets clouded by some misinformation, even on, quote, the conservative side, believing in some fantasies that are not true, while ignoring the stuff that really is true and not dealing with it. It's another, sto- another program for another day. There's enough real stuff out there to worry about. Well, I shouldn't say worry, but to, to take into consideration. I mean, there's plenty of real stuff out there the danger of the vaccines this leftist agenda to to rob your children of their childhoods and make them sexual beings in kindergarten it's just amazing stuff that we worry about pornography yet we don't that yet we have teachers that are that are just angry they can't talk about their sexuality to little children in the kindergarten through third or fourth grade here in Florida. There's, there's some that are mad. They're gonna quit. I'm glad, I hope they do. They shouldn't be allowed near children, they're perverts. They're reprobates, they're dangerous. They've been given over to a familiar spirit in my, in my never to be humbled opinion on stuff like that. Our world is imploding. And over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about this implosion and where it is leading us. Look at what two years have bought us with this pandemic to date. People still living in fear, getting their fourth booster and being proud. And when you try to explain to them that we have a lot of unexplained deaths that shouldn't be occurring, that has nothing to do with COVID, They don't want to hear it. I mean, right now in parts of Canada, number of deaths year to date are predictable, but as of December of 21 in Alberta and British Columbia, actual deaths are far exceeding the number of expected deaths by a factor of 1.7, or almost two times. And these cannot be explained by COVID-19. Citizens need to know This is happening in other places. We're seeing a cohort, including millennials, are seeing a persistent 25% weekly excess mortality through October of 2021. And it's not COVID. On and on these stories go. There has been basically an 84% increase in millennial age group excessive mortality that has nothing to do with COVID. I wonder what it could be. We need to talk about that, maybe on on our next episode when we get together. Our time is just about gone for today, so let me quickly give you the address. If you can help pay for the airtime, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mail it to Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, that's number 3248 City is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. By the way, you can also go to our website, truththenumber 2 pondercom You can find this address and other ways to support us from there. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth2ponder.com. and the word ponder.com.